Welcome back to Candidly Creative. I know it's been quite a while since my last podcast. I have taken some time off to decide how I wanted to really come back and utilize this podcast. I know sometimes we look at how can we monetize things and where can we make money or how is this going to benefit my company and really this is more of a passion project. This is how I want to communicate with the people around me and what I want to talk about in my life. So I'm going to continue using this platform as what it was intended for. It's a place for open and honest conversations about things that are going on in my life, things that I want to talk about, and just a place where I can have open and honest conversations. That's the entire point of this podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about jobs and knowing when it's time to leave a position and what it means to find a new job. And in today's market, what does it take to do that? Welcome to Candidly Creative, a podcast from Creatively Caitlin that focuses on open, honest conversations. If you like what you hear, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at creatively underscore Caitlin or on my website, www.caitlinnorum.com. Back in late 2021, I had been looking at what was 2022 going to bring me. Um, I was in a relationship with someone, I still am, so I've been in a relationship with someone um, who's long distance and he is based out of the Chicago area. You know, I'm not in that region. The goal is that we're going to live together. We're in the talks for you know, what does our long-term life look like together? We're talking, you know, marriage and a family and uh, moving into a house together, buying one. And what does that mean for jobs? And in my current position at the time, a remote job wasn't an option. They weren't set up um, to have a project manager that was going to be off-site permanently. And that's okay. It's not every company is going to be comfortable with remote positions. And everyone wants to say that, oh, they're a tech company. Why wouldn't that be an option? They survived the 2020 shutdown when everyone had to be home. You know, they proved to themselves that that was an option. Why couldn't they have that be something that worked out for them? And you have to realize that when you're a business owner, you have the right to run your business however you want. And, you know, they found that the best path forward for them was to have everyone in office. And that provided the most collaboration, the best communication styles for them. And they wanted to run their company that way. And I can't say that that's the best way forward for them or not, um, but it didn't provide an option for me. Um, so I'd been with the company for over seven years, um, in October would have been eight years. So I'd been in there for, you know, seven and a half years. And it was really hard because you look at a company that I am a loyal person and I, I look at a, at a job that I've been with for a long time, put a lot of effort into it, a lot of my career. And why would I consider leaving after that long of a time and that much effort put into someplace? It's, it's like a relationship, <laughs> 
why would you put so much into a relationship like that and then just decide to leave? Um, but there are multiple factors. You know, the first and foremost was the relationship. I have a long distance relationship that I needed to cultivate and I knew my future was down in, in the Chicago region. We had talked ad nauseum about what our life would look like and had those adult conversations of would you be willing to move to me up in the area that I live in and he just wasn't open to that because he had spent so much of his life missing out on family events and family things because of his career um, and how his hours had worked out and now he really wanted to spend his life when he's building a family being a part of his own family events so what was his brother and sister and, and his parents you know, how can his future children, hopefully, you know, how can they be involved in, in their family's life if we're hours away? And I said, I'm like, well, unfortunately, that means then my kids would be hours away from my family. And so we talked a lot about that. And he understands that I'm willing to drive more than he is. Obviously, I drive all the time to see him. Um, I don't have problems with driving distances and even, you know, driving three hours to go see him and driving back in that same day isn't a crisis to me. It's not fun, but it's, you know, it's not a crisis. Um, for him, it's a big deal. So coming up to see my parents wouldn't be a big deal to me. You know, it's not an ideal situation, um, but coming up for the weekend to see my parents wouldn't be as big of a deal as us going down to see his family because it would be a lot trying to see everyone so that was a major major contributor that I knew that my life was going to be down there so how does that look and when I had proposed that to my bosses at work they had basically strongly said that that's not going to be an option they are not open to remote options because it's just not how they want their company to be run and while that upset me because I felt that I had contributed so much and they had allowed other workers um, on their developer side to be remote. It felt unfair to me, but when you have the process that they had, you know, they didn't have it set up to be working remotely. And, you know, however unfair I felt that to be, it's not my company. It's not my right to tell them that they're wrong. They chose that that was not an option. Um, secondly, the pay, you know, it, we're based off of the pay for the area. In local northern Wisconsin, the pay was decent. If you move to a larger city where things are more expensive, you need a higher wage. And even if they had considered remote work, could they match a wage that I would require to survive in that area? And unfortunately, that was not a likely option. So, you know, even if the cards played out and that I could work for them, even for the temporary sake of moving down there and, and establishing myself, would it be worth the hassle? Would it be worth them going through that, changing their entire process to have someone off-site like that, and then me leaving anyway because I couldn't afford to stay there? And then on top of that, because of the of how they handled some of the comments um, with me needing to work remotely and how they came back um, with their phrasing, I felt very unvaluable to them. It was a family, and everyone, you know, as much as everyone says it's a red flag if someone says, oh, we're, we're kind of like family, and, you know, they value loyalty over everything else. Like, But it's true. When you have small companies that are like a family, you have the goods and bads of family. It is a little bit dysfunctional, a little bit um, everyone's in every, everyone's business, but when you need something, they are going to bend over backwards to help you. You know, countless times... 
you know, if I needed help moving, they would drop everything to help me. They would, um, you know, support me when I was going through something in my life personally. If there was something going on that I needed to have a day off, it wasn't going to necessarily count against my PTO or, you know, some of the other coworkers would have extra time off to make sure they had their kids taken care of. Like, there are certain things that are going to benefit from having that small culture environment. But there's also things that are going to be less so exciting because it is a small company. You have to follow the boss's mindset because they are, it's a small place. You can't hide. Their opinions didn't necessarily mesh with mine. They were very conservative and very um, politically minded. And I'm, you know, very impressed with how they decided that they were going to run their company in a manner that they were able to go after projects and processes and support initiatives that really resonated with them and their mission. Unfortunately, that didn't always reside well with me, but a job's a job and you do your work and sometimes you do projects that you don't necessarily love because that's your job. But all that plays into it. Like, where do you leave the job at the door versus I love everything that I do. The job was amazing. The company was great. The people were phenomenal. I I did love the company. As the company evolved and I evolved as a person growing up and, and, you know, over seven and a half years of growing and changing, my values changed. And I found myself coming up against their beliefs more so than aligning with them and oftentimes when that happens you find yourself needing to leave because you find yourself disliking things about the management style you dislike some of the um, styles of how they want to intrude in your life you've instead of that family atmosphere you feel it's intrusive you know I love that they fought for what they believed in but I didn't like what they fought for I value them for everything that they are, for everything they did for me, and for how much they, you know, they worked really hard to complete their story. But like a relationship, when one person stops growing with you, ultimately you become unhappy. So I ultimately had to make the choice and, you know, decide to start looking. So I decided that, you know, in January, I would kind of start putting feelers out and say, okay, I'm going to just, you know, update my resume and, and kind of start talking about what what it would look like to find a job and in the market I'd heard stories that it would take you know three four five months to even get an interview and then after that it would be like a three four five month process so we're looking six to eight months to even get a job and even then I'm looking for remote work so then I'd be like eight months before I even start a job and then get a remote job and then by that time settling in looking at moving I'm looking at moving in nine to twelve months which fit my timeline I had talked to one of my friends who had been trying to get me to apply to his job for years. He had started with this company and he loved it so much that he had just been continuously trying to get me to apply. He's like, you're going to love it here. I swear to you. I'm like, you just started there. You can't tell me that within the first, you know, first year of you working there, you wholeheartedly know that I'm going to leave this job that I, I currently love despite its issues. And you can promise me that I'm going to love the job just as much as you. Um, But year three of him continuously trying to poach me, I was at a point where I'm like, okay, well, it's remote work. So let me, you know, throw my application in and, you know, see how it goes. Expecting from what he had prepped me for, once I get that first interview, it's going to be a three, four month process to even get into the company. So I had applied 
and somehow it became this incredibly quick turnaround. And instead of it being a few month process, it turned into this very quick, you know, my first interview was when I was on vacation. Instead of it being, you know, three weeks, like he said, it was oftentimes trying to get the schedules a three, four week turnaround to get the next meeting. It was like the next week. So instead of months of, of turnaround time, it was a week and I was scheduled the next meeting and the next one was a couple days later and I'm like, oh God, this is terrible. And then I ended up having to decide how long of a notice I could put in. I wanted to give a month notice because there were several projects under my name and as a small company with only a few staff, you know, when you're running 20 projects and the other administrative people are running 20 projects plus at the same time as you, there's not a lot of people that can cover you when you leave mid-project. So I was hoping to wrap up so many things and not have to like leave people in the lurch. That was never my goal. And so the intention was to wrap up all this stuff and be able to manage all this stuff really, really well. And, you know, it was going to be great. (laughs) So I I ended up being able to give a three-week notice based on their training time. I scheduled out everything and it was going to be great. It wasn't a great um, three weeks of notice because it's never easy to leave a job. But, um, you know, ultimately... It was, a, it was a decision that I made. So I had made the decision. I, I gave my notice. It was a difficult conversation with the boss because, you know, you walk in and you they expect that, you know, you're going to be there forever with them because you've you've been loyal. And then you tell them you're leaving and it's, and it's like a, um, almost like a stabbing to the heart because you've been with them. You were the part of their core group. Obviously, they'll get over it and they'll, they'll be fine and they'll move on. And everyone wishes each other well, but... You know, it's really hard when they feel that you are like their go-to and, you know, you leave that family. And when you do leave that family, you kind of feel like you're also cut out. So as much as they feel hurt, you also feel hurt. I know that when I had put my notice in um, for the first week, one of the bosses didn't talk to me. He just completely ignored me, like wouldn't even say hello. And I felt completely hurt and I almost walked out I almost said I'm like you know what screw it if, if I'm not going to be recognized for my years of service and how much work I've put into this place why am I even giving you the extra time and I'll just say you know what the two weeks is sufficient I'm out obviously I'm like when I looked at that I'm like that's insane I'm going to finish my time because my clients deserve better than that but um it was really really hard for me but you look at the staff who rely on you and the bosses who relied on you and it's hard for them to to come around and be like you know we're going to treat you really nice and celebrate you leaving like of course they're not going to they're not going to be super excited for you to leave so it was just a really hard three weeks and when I left no one was super happy it was kind of like okay bye and that was it it is hard to leave and kind of think that you value you were that you were more valuable than you than you are you weren't as close as you thought you were but you know, ultimately, that's the lesson. Like, it was a job. And once you leave, you do leave. And, you know, they will move on. And so will you. You were replaceable as much as you think that you're not. And maybe you were a great employee. And that's great. And you did a great job while you were there. But ultimately, when you leave, you will be replaced by someone else. And maybe that someone will be better than you. They might bash you. And, and that's okay, too. You don't have to worry about what they think of you after you leave. But I've been with this new company for about three months now, and it's been going really well. I feel very blessed to have a remote position that I do have the freedom to work from wherever. 
and I've been able to take the opportunity to work from my boyfriend's house and be down there more often. I've been able to be part of family events um, at their houses more often, be at nephews' games and choir events. And, you know, I get to go to Phoenix for a whole week and actually, you know, take the whole week off because I have more PTO than I did at my last job. And I just think I have more opportunity, I have more chance for growth with this company because it is such a larger company. Um, So we'll see. I mean, I'm only three months in, so I have a ton of room to learn and grow, but it does feel like this is just the start of another great journey. That being said, that was my story of how I decided it was time to leave. And sometimes people start jobs and they are like, hey, I really, really hate (laughs) this position. I don't know, is it time to go? Can I leave? And there's a couple of things that I like to promote and to propose to people. One of my friend's parents actually had shared this with her and she shared it with me and I thought it was brilliant. So I will share with you. And it's called the 6-6 rule. So you either give six weeks or six months before you decide to change it up. So... If you've started a new job, you give it six months before you decide to change because you really shouldn't leave your job before six months unless it's abusive, terrible, like you're not getting any hours. Obviously, there are some circumstances where you can quit very soon, but for the most part, like give it at least six months to try to like really make it work uh, before deciding to move on. And then, you know, you've worked really, really hard. You've been with the company for a long time even, and something really is just not sitting right. Something changed, a new process got started. Something's going on that you're suddenly not feeling comfortable with the company anymore. As long as it's not a health issue or something that um, is causing you major duress or something like that, the rule is give, you give yourself six weeks to really ride it out. You can generally make it six weeks working really hard through the process and learning it, working through it. And if at six weeks you're like, you know what, I really hate this, then you know, you can find a different job. Obviously don't just like up and quit. Try to find a new job and then put your notice in like doing the appropriate path. But the reality is like you need to try at least for a little bit before giving up on yourself. There are times where the job is toxic and it's not appropriate to stay and 100% leave those jobs. I'm not saying you always have to stay in those jobs because that's not healthy for you. But for the most part, you can stick it out for six weeks or six months to see if you really are making a mistake and just not giving it its due diligence. And if maybe if you're looking at the job of like, okay, I'm not going to love this job forever, but I need to make money um, and I want to do something else. Maybe utilize this job as a time to invest in yourself. So for example, like this job is a remote job and it's really great because it does let you kind of get off the clock at five o'clock, shut the computer down and focus on the rest of your life. It doesn't make you work late hours. Like, yes, you can. You can work extra hours to get ahead and kind of catch up on things. In the rare circumstance that there's extra stuff going on, there might be some extra work. But for the most part, it's it's pretty 9 to 5, 8 to 5, like that kind of stuff. Like it's not really outside of regular working hours. But if you were in my kind of job where you're working steadily and it's not making you work extra hours, you can use these kind of jobs to invest in yourself, you know, work these jobs that give you the money and then spend the time afterwards investing in yourself. Use the money to pay for classes to improve something. Take the time off that you do have every night to invest in a hobby that you really love and want to 
you know, start selling. Or one of the people I work with actually is a very incredible musician. And he said um, something that was really interesting. He's like, put as much effort into your hobby as a single mother would into their children. And that was brilliant because we forget that even if you like doing something, if you actually want to make it something that you actually make money off of, you have to put in work like it's going to take energy and time and, and effort and you have to actually invest into it so put some time and effort and so every day after work or even like one or two days after work part-time it like say three days a week i'm going to spend time on monday wednesday friday i'm going to work on this and i'm going to dedicate you know four hours on those nights working on this hobby and i'm going to learn how to do this and i'm gonna be great at it and i'm gonna really learn how to be the best you're investing in yourself and your improvement while you're working these jobs that aren't going to be your career but they're just your your job i know my dad always likes to say there are jobs and there are careers they can be the same job but it's how you treat it you can treat the same job as a money maker it's a job you're just there to work and to bring money home and that's great and there are careers and that is something that you're looking to grow and that is perfectly fine too have talked to people that sometimes they work a receptionist job and some people are like oh well you're just a receptionist and it's like okay you're not just anything you're a receptionist like that is a job you can be the best receptionist that ever existed you don't have to ever move up and out of that position I mean yes you can if you want to 100% but you can work that reception position be the baddest ever like cool you can rock that reception position out and then at the end of the day walk out of that job and go do the things that are important to you, whether that's your family, your kids, a hobby, something that you do on the side, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever you live your life for, you can do that after you get out of work. Like that is your choice. Like that's the best part. So you decide that it's time to leave your job. So now what? Well, the first thing, of course, is to get your resume up to date. Obviously, there are a billion templates available. There are things on Etsy that you can buy to get some really pretty ones. Um, The Canva is a great resource. I love Canva templates. I think there's really great ones for free. There's Canva Pro that's not that expensive. Microsoft Word has some basic ones you can utilize as well. But there's oftentimes just really, really great simple tools that you can use for free to get a beautiful resume. And really the important thing with your resume is, is it relevant? Is it current? And does it highlight things that are important? You don't have to have everything that you have ever done on your resume. It's, you kind of think of it like your elevator pitch. Some jobs require you to have like 10 years of experience. Great. Okay. Show, show everything. Have your five page resume. Fine. Cool. But a lot of jobs, if you have more than one page, people aren't even looking at that second page. What are you going to highlight on that single page? On mine, I have a mission statement, I have my top skills, I have an objective, I have my work history that's relevant, so only relevant work history, by which I mean if I'm applying for jobs that are project management based, for example, I have tons of experience. I only have two jobs that are project management experience, though, so those are going to be the ones I highlight. And then I'll have additional experience while I'll list out other jobs that I've worked and just kind of call them out, but I won't list uh, additional things like what I've done in those jobs. Additional skills or hobbies, I might call those out if there's space. And then I'll have a little section about education just so they know that I have a degree because I do have an MBA. So I want to make sure people know that I do have those degrees because it is a, it's a nice perk, a little feather in your cap that I did get a degree. In fact, I got two degrees. I have an MBA and a BA. So that's 
you know, I went to college. So once you decided you have this resume, it's beautiful. Make sure you spell check it. Make sure the information is factual. It's current. You don't always have to include references because people are going to ask for that anyway once they've checked you out. Make sure that your LinkedIn profile, one, exists and it's updated. Make sure it's professional. You have your information on there. It's updated. And then if you are not working in a, in a job that uh, prohibits this, you can always put that you're open to new opportunities. If you are worried about your current employer finding that or seeing that on your on your LinkedIn, don't put it. That's okay. You don't have to. But it's good to put it on there if you're ever seeking things out, especially through LinkedIn job postings. Certifications through LinkedIn always are a great thing to add as well because it shows that you have skills um, that are great. And then also recommendations. If you have other professional like coworkers or former clients that have worked with you, you can request recommendations from them. And if they give you some, great. It'll help you stand out in the crowd by having that little one-up on your page. Then next thing you do on your social media pages, all of them, make sure that they're private. I do not believe that every place requires you to share your social, but a lot of places will still search you out. Um, I don't like having my social shared, but a lot of people will try, especially if you're looking for marketing roles, they'll ask for your social media pages. If they make you share them, I, I make sure my picture for my main profile picture and my cover picture are appropriate. You know, this of course is your right to share whatever you want to. Um, I try to stay middle of the road, very moderate, so I'm not gonna polarize any of my audience, um, especially when it comes to jobs, because your hiring manager may feel one way and then immediately throw your resume out. If you feel strongly about that and don't wanna work for a company that does do that, then 100%, you can lean whatever way you want to. If you do have your social media public in any sense of the way, then you do run the risk of anyone seeing what you are posting. So those things that are public, if they are inappropriate or they are full of swears or anything, then, you, then you're opening up that conversation to employers. Maybe you're trying to get a job with a museum, for example, and your page is full of Trump supporter um, information. And maybe that hiring manager is completely anti-Trump. You know, they're going to look at your page and be like, I don't know, this person seems a bit wackadoo. And they're going to be like, I'm not going to recommend this person now, even though maybe you're the most qualified there's a little bit of personal bias that's going to come through. That's your choice. 100% my recommendation is to make sure everything is private on your social or remove those items that could be polarizing. Next, I would say reach out to your friends for opportunities. You never know who might have a great opportunity at the company they work at or know someone who's hiring. For example, the company that I work at is hiring like crazy right now. So if you're looking for something that's a project management position or a customer service position or developing or anything like if I know you personally and I know your quality of work, I could probably recommend you for something in my company. You never know who you know that might be able to get you somewhere. Even I benefit from that. My friend was able to get me into a company very quickly because he knew someone, one of the higher ups, to get me an interview very quickly. Next, if you have worked for the company that's in a similar field, know your non-compete. I know that we had signed at my last company a non-compete and it has bitten some people in the butt before. <laughs> they have been sued. So if you're not aware of your non-compete clause, in your package that you signed, double check. Make sure that you know exactly what you can and cannot do, who you can and cannot work for, the types of companies that you can and cannot work for, and you know, make sure that you know what you can do. I know that some companies are more strict about it. Some are pretty basic, like you can't go work for a company that was one of the clients that you had. So just be aware of what you're actually going to be allowed to do. 
so that you don't have any legal proceedings to deal with as you're leaving. And the next know if the company is going to give you anything when you leave or not give you anything, such as PTO, is there any sort of bonus that you're missing out on? Is there any sort of commission? Do you have any sort of 401k that you need to worry about? Make sure you're aware of the financial implications of you leaving. For example, with my company when I left, I had hoped that my PTO was gonna be paid out. And so I had actually given back a bonus that I'd been paid because I didn't think it was appropriate for me to take that money when it was an early bonus for the rest of the year because that's how it was worded that, you know, we're giving you an early bonus for the work coming in 2022. And obviously since I was leaving, I received it the week before I put my notice in and I, I didn't feel good about taking it. Well, I assumed that I was getting the PTO paid out. And now that I did not get the PTO paid out, I feel like a fool for not keeping the money because I didn't get my PTO paid out. I had two weeks of paid vacation that I didn't get paid. That's my fault for not looking into it. I didn't accept the bonus. I don't think I still would have felt good about taking the money, but it's almost a, you know, I wasn't paying attention to my own handbook. (laughs) So it's pay attention to the things that you signed. Pay attention to your your policies in place. Um, If you have commission at the company, make sure that when does that get paid out? How does it get paid out? If you leave before commission is paid, how are you getting that paid out? Just be aware of those type of things. Um, And then also, what is the timeline for notice? Does your company do the two weeks notice? I know I've had some friends who have worked at companies that don't actually allow two weeks notice that if you put your two weeks notice in they actually escort you um, off the premises right away because they feel that you are a not a work hazard per se but you're likely to cause more damage than good and they don't want you working for the company anymore Um, which was an interesting fact I thought because that was um, like what experience have you had that um, has resulted in that um, where you've made that rule but you know, do they require two week notice? Do they expect a four week notice? You know, do they, once you put your notice in, do they basically tell you to leave right away? My neighbor actually put her notice in at Walmart of all places and they cut her hours so drastically that there was no point in even showing up for work because you go from full time down to basically four hours a week and it's like I'm not going in for an hour shift I'm not doing that because it's a waste of my gas be just be aware and when you are ready to leave be aware of as much as possible like are you prepared for potentially not working do you have the financial ability to be told that okay thank you for putting your notice in but we're not going to use you for two weeks because you may not get paid for the next month you know there's not always an instant paycheck Um, sometimes there's a training period where either you're not paid until that first full paycheck or you know you're not paid until that first full month my standing rule is just be as aware of your money as possible have as much financial situations prepped as possible so that you're not stuck you know, up the creek without a paddle because your company didn't give you any sort of, you know, PTO payout, also cut you two weeks early, and now you're waiting two more weeks to get paid and you have a month of no money. So that being said, when you're looking at to when it's time to leave, you just got to consider, have you done your due diligence in making sure that this job is in fact not going to work? Have I put in my time, my effort appropriately? Have I given up too early? Am I investing in myself appropriately? Have I prepared myself to leave? Is my resume ready? Is my social blocked? Is my LinkedIn ready to go? You know, have I talked to the right people? Have I sought out the right new opportunities? And then have I given my notice appropriately? That's my best recommendation for leaving jobs.
if you're looking to leave, I wish you all the best. You know, leaving jobs right now, I know that we have the great resignation everyone talks about, and everyone's leaving these jobs to find new opportunities, but that's the market. You know, we don't want to be treated like crap at positions. We want to find jobs that make us feel like we're valuable employees. So find the places that make you feel valuable, make you feel that you have a voice, that make you feel important, that make you feel like you have the things that you deserve, benefits that matter, time off that you deserve, you know, aren't working you like a dog, and things that align with your values, whether your values are on the left or right or in the middle, whatever values you have, there are companies that fit within them. There are plenty of conservative companies, plenty of liberal companies out there that you can find whatever fits within your values and sit within those and feel really strong and supported within them. If you like what you heard on this podcast, make sure you follow me on Spotify or SoundCloud to hear the latest. And follow me on Instagram and TikTok for more content. Also, head over to the website to see all that Creatively Caitlin offers, from design services to photography, branding to consultant work, and more. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy.